Hello, everyone, and welcome back to I'm Not Drunk, I'm Autistic, the podcast version. Um, I am your host, Nara Birch, and with me today, again, I have the lovely Mihaly. It's not just going to be me blabbing around for <laughs> 20 minutes. So, yay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> welcome back. Um, so, today I wanted to talk about competency and functioning levels because well let's just start off by saying that when people hear the word autistic they tend to be rather uh critical of our intelligence they seem to think that autistic means impaired in a lot of ways and i just kind of wanted to talk about some of my experiences with that especially because i present as such a high functioning in quotation marks, which we're gonna talk about functioning labels too because they need to go. Um, But I present as a very neurotypical person and that can throw people off when they find out that I have autism. Um, Yeah, there's been a couple of cases where like, people will be like, oh, but you're so smart. And that I, I always notice that that always like, disappoints you whenever people say that i hate that and i and i get that they're trying to be nice but like honestly i'm gonna tell you this right now neurotypicals we autistics are way smarter than all of you do you know who lives at mit it's like legitimately the autistic college we are you would not have any of the technology you have today like we're some of us do have intellectual disability and there's nothing wrong with that that's people are amazing however they are but there are a good portion of us who have above above average intelligence in just ways that you wouldn't like the neurotypical mind can't even comprehend um i am not one of those geniuses just just putting that out there although i do think i am um relatively smarter than a lot of the human population but that's just because humans are idiots yeah it's like it's like the movie you showed me idiocracy yeah we watched idiocracy the other day and if you haven't seen it you should watch it because it is just a it's supposed to it is funny but it's also terrifyingly accurate to to the way our society is going yeah well one thing that I wanted to also say, because I remember one time you were telling me that about your boss, that that he want, he didn't believe that you were autistic. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was working and I had to ask off um, to actually to speak at an autism conference. And I was asking for a Thursday off. It wasn't like I was asking to go out partying on Saturday night. And he was he just looked at me funny and he was like, I guess. And then when I came in the next day, he just marches up to me and he's like, I looked up autism on the computer. You're not autistic. And I was like, whoa. He's like, yeah, you're just trying to get off work. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm literally asking to, to take off Thursday morning to go speak at an autism conference. Like, why would I make that up? What a weird excuse that is to like try to get out of work. Yeah, it's just... So let me talk about function. Let me explain functioning levels. So there's my, the, the typical ones are mild, moderate, severe. 
Um, I would be classified as high functioning. There's perhaps people, and they often tend to be based on your verbal skills. And we have learned that your verbal skills have nothing to do with your level of intelligence. There are many autistic people who are hyperverbal, who have intellectual disabilities. And then there are many people um, who are nonverbal, who are incredibly and have very, very high levels of intelligence. So um, that's one of the reasons functioning levels really need to go because people say I'm high functioning. And yes, that is true in some areas, but there are also areas like meltdowns where I struggle a lot. Um, I have a lot of sensory processing issues that can can be debilitating at times. And so like, I'm not high functioning. I'm really not. And that's, that's, that's one of the reasons we need to let go of these labels, because it's not fair to be put in a box like that. You know, mm -hmm. you know, I was just thinking, I was just thinking about how many people do you think are possibly out there and they're like struggling and, but like they don't know that they're like on the spectrum, you know what I mean? Well, uh, so, so there's a lot, there's definitely a big, um, especially for females and people of color, autism is generally either not diagnosed or diagnosed incredibly late. Like I was diagnosed with autism in sixth grade and that's considered very early for a, a girl. However, white males get diagnosed at like two or three. Um, a, a lot of that has to do with there are um, communities that might not know what autism is. There, there are definitely doctors and practitioners out there that have biased and are racist and it, will automatically label somebody who is not white as a as a it's a behavioral disorder it's a defiance disorder and then they just don't get the treatment that they actually need because they prop they they need autistic supports they they don't have that although to be fair i was diagnosed with bipolar before i was diagnosed with autism because of my meltdowns they were assumed to be bipolar episodes and a reason of that is because i was so hyperverbal. i was able to talk i was very intelligent i started reading when i was like two or three so that that can be another barrier almost in getting diagnosed is people are like well she seems too intelligent there's no way it's autism so there's just there's there's a lot of like it, it can be very very hard getting diagnosed with the correct thing because Autism is just kind of a mystery almost. And there are so many disorders you could have along with autism. And there are so many things that autism can kind of mimic. So th that's, there's just a lot of reasons in the, blah, blah, blah. there's a lot of reasons people don't get diagnosed with autism when they should be. You said the, the they first diagnosed you bipolar? Well, okay. So order of my diagnoses, ADHD, bipolar, um, I was never like, was this all in one sitting or was that oh, like this over, is, over time? I, I started going to see psychologists when I was four, um, because I had a deathly terror. I was deathly terrified of thunderstorms, which we now know is a sensory issue for me. But yeah, since the age of four, I was being taken to psychologists just to find out what was wrong with me, quotation marks. And like, 
my meltdowns were extremely bad, but it's also in large of how my, the way my parents um, handled them. Fun fact, fun fact. So for my meltdowns, my parents would lock me in my room. I recently learned that the leader of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, also advocated for isolating and locking a person in a room during a psychotic break. So mom, dad, if you're listening, you have the same parenting methods as L. Ron Hubbard. Congratulations. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, it, it's very weird. I've been like, I've been watching uh, things about Scientology and about cults. And I, I feel like I'm trying to get deprogrammed right now from all of the neurotypicals who have tried to to, to, to mold me and change me. It, it does feel, it, it start, I see a lot of comparisons between myself and like survivors of cults. I was taught how to think my, and act my entire life and never allowed to be my true self. And it's hard getting to that point. Yeah. No, I'm just, what's it called? From a lot of the stories you, you've told me, it definitely, it sounds like, there was a lot of mistreatment involved and all that stuff. But I wanted to ask you about this whole like diagnosis process. Cause I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you said, cause you said it started off ADHD. Oh, I speaking of ADHD, I completely went off on a tangent. All right. So I, I started seeing psychologists at four. I think I was diagnosed with ADHD around second grade that's when I started getting medicated although I did hide my medicine for a, a, a good while don't know how long the horrible day when that got found out um yay trauma um but so I I had the ADHD and they were still trying to figure out what's wrong with me because I would just be having these like horrible meltdowns and I would be in public and just start they, they would call it tantrums or like acting out and just like start screaming. And now I know I wasn't able to verbalize it as a child. Now I know there was just too much stimuli around me, too many noises. I couldn't process things and I would just break down. And my parents, instead of seeing that as that, the doctors, instead of seeing it as an autistic meltdown, it was originally labeled as bipolar. In fact, like my psychiatrist, once I grew up, he took away the diagnosis because he was like, you were never bipolar. We, we, we just, we, that was because of your meltdowns that we were like, you're bipolar. Um, so yeah, and then, then I actually diagnosed myself first in fourth grade by reading a Princess Diaries book that they did a report on autism. And I was like, this is me. And I showed my mom and she was like, you have a lot wrong with you, but you're not autistic. And then uh, two years later, diagnosed with autism. Um, and I was actually very happy to be diagnosed with autism because it explained everything. I had this cookie monster doll that I flap his hand and I've been doing that since I was six months old. And like, I was like, oh, that's stimming. It was really cool to have a word to put to it. But yeah, that was kind of my, my diagnosis process. And then I wasn't technically ever diagnosed with anxiety and depression, I think, but I don't think anybody needed to run a test for that. I think it was just obvious that I, so like, I, I don't quite know if those are official diagnoses or whatever, but I tell, like, that's, that's how I tell doctors. I explain it like that. 
So yeah, that, that was my, my diagnosis process. And it, and the reason it took so long was because I was seen as so intelligent in school, especially because I was reading and able to finish tests and like, just was like a superb student until about like seventh or eighth grade. But that's, that's for another so like, podcast episode. Could someone, could someone that's like old get diagnosed? Yes. Although where we live um, in, in, in Cleveland, I don't think there are any doctors who diagnose adults. If if there are, there's like one or two. It, and we live in a very, we have a very good center of autism at like the Cleveland Clinic. We have some, re, like some of the best hospitals around, some of the best programs around, and we don't have anyone to diagnose adults. Um, Why is that? Is that just because it's difficult or is that because they don't want to? I'm not actually sure of the reason. Um, a lot of it, I feel like people kind of forget about us as we age as we get older mm-hmm. there's just so much more programs for kids and teenagers um yeah i'm not i i do not know why i cannot give you an answer why there are no doctors but there i know a lot of people who have to just self-diagnose themselves because they can't get a diagnosis and in fact like my mentor has told people like if you want to get a diagnosis, it's going to be very hard. And like, you should only try to seek out a medical one here, at least if you need, if you need it for like benefits, if you need it to, for accommodations, you know, like, yeah, that's what I was just thinking about. But, but it's, it's a, it's years. Like Mm -hmm. the waiting list is years. I think if there are any people at all, I feel like that's definitely something that there should be a little bit more awareness towards. Oh yeah, no, we definitely, that's, that's, and I, and I feel like it could be true for a lot of disabilities. I I feel like people focus on kids more. And then once you're over 18, you're just kind of like. They just kind of like put you in a situation where it's like, okay, and I'll stay there. It's almost, it almost has to do with the competency issue. I think I, I feel like people just kind of put us to the side or just, assume that we aren't going to be valuable members of society Mm. um and like like i've had experiences where i've been talking to doctors like i went to go see a new doctor and everything was cool he was talking to me completely normally and then i mentioned something about the autism and he just stopped talking to me for the rest of the appointment. And he would only address my mother, asking questions about me when I was right there. And I was so confused. And I was like, dude, you were literally just talking to me. You you literally had saw me having an intelligent conversation. I'm baffled right now. Like, why, why would you just, they hear, people hear the word autism and they assume that you have no competence. And it sucks. It's very, very difficult. It, it's it just makes you feel like shit that's what some people think when i tell them that that i'm dating you yeah they're just like saying they're saying things like well like i've noticed a lot of people are always like oh you can't have kids or don't 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 have kids because of that and like they start getting very defensive about it some like some people that i told that i've told they they raised some eyebrows at me, like, like, what's wrong with you? Like, are you a creep? Are you trying to manipulate somebody? But in reality, 
there's no manipulation going on here, you know. Despite the fact that I've been accused of being a manipulator by many people, I am like, honestly, the I'm not like it, it's people that's people can also see it the other way around and see it that I with autism am kind of taking advantage of him to like help take care of me because I also I I can't work. Like I have disability, I have like some freelance jobs and trainings that I make money from as well as the disability, but I can't sustain myself. I can't support myself. I, I, at this juncture with the benefits and things, supports that I have, there's no way I'd be able to live by myself. And so I feel like people could also see it the other way is I realize that you as a neurotypical can take care of me, which is true but that's like not the reason i'm with you it's just an added bonus that uh that that helps um but yeah i mean i think at the end of the day you should you should be more considerate when you hear that somebody has autism don't just don't just go to one default in your brain meet the person like you would any other person and make your judgments through conversation, if possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like, mean, I, I don't. And if I, someone can't converse with you, that doesn't mean that they don't have intelligence. Yeah. If someone's, that's something. Just, just I, I, I want to drive home again. Our verbal level has nothing to do with our competency whatsoever, and that's just like that was the reason Asperger's was a separate diagnosis before it all got. It's all bundled into autism spectrum disorder now, and Asperger's was used to denote people like me with high verbal skills because I was automatically assumed that meant that you were smarter and you got your own separate little diagnoses. Mm -hmm. So, for for so long, we based our functioning levels and our diagnosis processes and and our our treatment of people like I've been denied services I've needed because I've gone to interviews and they're like oh well you're you're so high functioning you don't need our help I was like I'm high functioning in this this interview but what am I going to do when I go home and like I don't have a support person that I need and I just sit at home alone crying every night like wanting to kill myself i'm not high functioning then and and that's that's another thing just because i am high functioning in one situation doesn't mean that i'm high functioning in another it doesn't mean that i can repeat that same situation with that same level of functioning either like it, it true it doesn't matter if it's something i've done over and over and over again it truly depends on that day my level of ability because my level of ability changes from day to day which is why it's we need to get rid of functioning labels because even in the course of a day i can go from high functioning to low functioning like that which you've you've witnessed many a time um just having a normal conversation one moment then you walking out of the room then walking back into the kitchen to see me banging my head on the fridge and complete meltdown yeah Oh gosh, autism is, <laughs> autism is hard. Autism is really, really, really hard. Uh, like, it, it, we, we put up with so much just from our own brain and processing system alone. And then you add on having to deal with humans and a social world that we don't quite understand. And just, just, just please respect autistics because we are, 
we try our best every single day just to claw through the day. Um, I think that's, that's, that's all I have to say about functioning levels. Um, they're bad. Actually, in case you're interested, and I'll try to put a link in the show notes or whatever, because I don't think they're actually show notes. I just put like a little link in the description underneath, but I have a really good article that has a graphic about um, functioning levels. And instead of a straight line, it's a circle so that you can like point there's, and there's a bunch of different sections. So I'll, I'll put a link to that below. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, check out my blog. I have not written in a while. So I apologize for that. Um, trying to get back at that. It's, it's been a part of the burnout. Um, but yeah, I, on Instagram, I'm the fuck you up fairy with like underscores and shit. I think that's all of my, my social media and, uh, you can add that probably on the thing as well. Ah. So they'll see it. Ah, yes. Technology. It is it is it is intense and I don't understand it whatsoever. Um that, that that's for the smarter autistics to understand. Um Yeah, the geniuses. Anyways, thank you guys again and I will talk to you later. <laughs>